Welcome to Off Hours, a conversation between John Edwards and Chris Manning. So this is the second installment in our series covering the book Watchmaking, written by George Daniels. And in this episode, we'll be continuing on in chapter one and discussing workbenches. I think the last part to making a comfortable space that you can work in, and this is something we've discussed a little bit, is your seating and your bench. Uh, both of which are extremely important if you're going to be working for a long period of time in effectively the same position. Uh, so what have you done for your benches in your uh, your studio? Oh, so my watchmaking bench is an actual watchmaking bench. I have the same identical bench both at home and at work. It's not something that is readily available on the market, uh, but it does have adjustable armrests on it. The height of the bench for myself, uh, it comes just just under my collarbone. Uh, the way that Daniels recommended it in, in his book is that you, you shouldn't have to look down more than a, a 45 degree angle to, to look down at the work that you're, you're working on. That's uh, sort of his, his target. Uh, the other thing he said that uh, I thought was a good way to phrase it is that it's always better to raise the work to the, the level of sight than to lower the head to the level of work. Uh, because if you are trying to lower your head down to the level of work, that is going to take its toll. And you are going to pay the price with your body if you're trying to keep yourself in that sort of position day in and day out, or even just for a single day, for a, a number of hours, craning your, your neck and your head like that is is challenging. And I can't recall specific numbers, but I've certainly seen studies uh, in this regard just about the effect uh, that it does have and how much weight you're actually holding up there and then what the equivalent would be if you were to just be upright and, and dangle a literal weight off your head. This is actually a problem just with smart devices. As of, of late, I don't know if uh, you've ever seen the the meme of, of the Facebook logo, and that is actually a, a person sort of craned over looking at their phone. Uh, but that posture really <laughs> isn't good for us. Our, our bodies were not designed to be looking down in that manner. It's a lot for your neck to hold your head up. Your head is not light. Uh, there's a lot of mass there, and you, you want to be as comfortable as possible. And the nice thing about the armrest, too, is being able to bring my arms up to the level of the work, it can be very tiring to try and keep your arms like that. So you want to get that position dialed in comfortably. Working on just a flat bench with your arms up will very quickly uh, become tiresome. Uh, it's certainly not ideal uh, in terms of the ergonomics of the setup. I recently had the opportunity to, to visit a, a watchmaker down in, in southern Ontario, who built his own bench. Uh, he had it custom-made through uh, California closets. This is Al Jensky of, of Archer Watches. And something he did that I thought was very clever in terms of the, the armrest is he actually just bought some metal tubing, square tubing, from the hardware store, and it built a support out from under his bench, and then created some metal rods that affixed in there. And then he just took 
a standard set of armrests from a chair, and he was able to rig up for himself uh, a set of very similar to my own for significantly less money than it would, would cost to, to get a, a nice watchmaking bench from, from Switzerland or from your closest watchmaking supply house. I think it's worth commenting that the position that people are working at a watchmaking bench is very different than what most people are used to when it comes to working at a bench. Most of us are used to working at a lower height. The bench uh, or the table that we're working at is a much lower height than uh, a watchmaking bench. Uh, a watchmaking bench should be quite high, and you are actually working up quite high, almost unnaturally high. And that's where the armrests become very important. In my case, the uh, the bench that I'm working at right now in my uh, in my office is too low. And it's it is a problem. I also don't have armrests on it. I'm I'm working on a flat bench, uh, so that the two things combined end up making it uncomfortable to work at for long periods of time. Uh, so that's something that I'm I'm thinking about for my next bench. Now, having said that, it's also worth noting that the bench height that you're working at changes from mm-hmm. activity to activity. So the bench that I have right now in my office is perfect for working at my lathe. Uh, I've got uh, a small watchmaker's lathe on my bench, and it's a great height for that. However, it's miserable for doing actual watchmaking. Uh, so one of the things I'm in the process of doing is designing uh, a proper watchmaking bench that I can uh, use, and I'm actually going to make it adjustable in height uh, so that I can uh, adjust it as necessary if there's something that I'm doing that needs a little bit of a needs a little bit of an adjustment. Uh, I'm I'm actually going to make it adjustable so that I can quickly and easily change the height of it, uh, so that I'm not struggling with that, and uh, and I don't have to I don't have to worry about having a bench that's exactly the right height or having to lower my seat to an to the incorrect height to adjust for the fact that the bench is not the correct height. And back when I was working at Omega, they had benches that were. Got to be somewhere between five and seven thousand euros that were height adjustable. Uh, it was a nice feature to be able to, to just very quickly move the the bench up and down, and the drawers themselves were not affixed to the bench, so they remained uh, at a constant level. So your sort of memory retention there, muscle memory, wouldn't be affected in any way as the bench was raised or, or lowered. Now, for the system you're thinking of, are you going to go with this like an automated hydraulic system or more of a hand crank? Fortunately, with the prevalence of standing desks today, it's easy to find complete desks, which are really inappropriate for what we would be doing. The, the bench top isn't an appropriate surface. Uh, however, it's also easy to find high quality frames with the motors and the frame and everything already pre-built and then add your own bench top to it. Uh, so there are a few on the market, um, as one we'll link to, that can handle up to, I think it's about 300 pounds of weight on top of it, which is more than enough for a watchmaking bench. And I can put a good sturdy bench top on it and have it so that the, you know, so that's electronically adjustable. I can create memory positions in it and be able to say, okay, if I'm doing this kind of work, then I can uh, lower it down. So for instance, I do have a microscope, which I use occasionally, but it's significantly higher uh, when it's sitting on the bench than 
I can use when I'm sitting down. And so what I'd like to be able to do is set up the bench at various heights so that I can, for instance, work under the microscope and do that comfortably, which would mean the bench top needs to be very much lower than as I'm working at the bench with a jeweler's loop, for instance. Um, so the, the frames that you can use for building your own custom standing tables, standing desks these days are pretty, are pretty good. Uh, so I'm going to make a custom top for one of those, and that will give me the ability to adjust it to exactly the height that I need. I have a, a friend who built himself a watchmaking bench out of Ikea's adjustable standing desk. It worked out quite well. The ones that I've seen, there's a couple from Ikea. There's ones from uh, Lee Valley as well. Um, they, they've been a little bit on the lighter side. Uh, the One of the ones I found is a little bit heavier duty, uh, which I like. I like the the extra rigidity and sturdiness of it can also, you know, make it a little bit heavier to, to keep it from moving around. Fortunately, a watchmaking bench does not need to be as heavy and sturdy as a bench that you're putting a lathe on, for instance, or, um, you know, that you're maybe using for jewelry making. So that's, that's a big advantage with this. It means that I can actually make it a, an adjustable bench. Uh, I couldn't do that with a jeweler's bench, for instance. Uh, it needs to be much heavier and and far more rigid than a, a watchmaker's bench does. So do you know offhand the particular frame you were looking at? The frame that I'm looking at right now is from fully.com. It's their Jarvis frame, and it is available as a frame only in various sizes, depending on how wide you want the table to be. I'm going to make mine wide enough that I can comfortably work at it and I can have a, a few different things available on it. Uh, but that's uh, that's what I'm looking at right now for that uh, I'm also going to probably make the bench top out of a hard maple. Uh, one of the advantages of living where I do is that I have a, a number of large uh, hard maples on my property, a couple of which need to be taken down. And so I'm expecting to harvest a little bit of lumber out of those, and I'll be able to turn them into a nice uh, watchmaking bench. Daniels takes a much more low-tech approach to having an adjustable height work surface. And this practice is perpetuated in, in Roger W. Smith's studio today. And that is by having a relatively wide workbench for doing his assembly and watchmaking work at with a raised center area. And that way, if he needs to have a, a higher space to be working on, he's got that raised center portion that he works with. And then he can move over to the side if he, he needs something slightly lower. So depending on, on what you're you're doing, it will be more comfortable working at one height or, or the other. And Roger's actually been building a new shop space in the last year. Uh, there's some good photos on his Instagram feed of his new studio. And he shows off some of the new benches that he's had made. And in fact, he's gone one step further and that center area is removable now uh, so that he can easily change that out and and depending on what type of work it is that they're doing they can just uh, just remove that so that's that's the idea i'm going for except i want to try and do it with a uh, with an adjustable table there are times when i want to be able to actually stand up and work at uh, at my bench not for doing fine detailed work but there are times when i'm doing things like sorting or uh, cleaning up and stuff like that, where I want to be able to stand up and I want to have uh, have it at a more comfortable height for when I'm standing. So um, having the the larger range of adjustment is something that appeals to me. And uh, as I said, with 
between the lowest setting with using a microscope and then the highest setting of being able to stand at it. Uh, that'll be quite nice to be able to work at. And, and something that I do need to look into and, and um, maybe you can uh, give some suggestions is armrests because that's something that I, I haven't actually found a good solution for and I haven't used enough watchmaking benches to really know what makes up a good armrest and what doesn't. Uh, so that's something that would certainly be worthwhile uh, hearing a little bit more about is how, how do you, are, are there good arm rests that you can suggest? And uh, what what do you look for in a good armrest? So I don't know of any off-the-shelf armrests that uh, you can just pick up and buy for a watchmaker's bench. Uh, they may very well exist out there, uh, but I've, I've not seen them. The thing that I look for is the axes of adjustment. Uh, so you can get benches with fixed inclines, and that's better than having just a flat surface to try and, and lean your elbows up on. Because uh, you actually start to cut into your circulation a bit, trying to keep your arms perfectly parallel like that. So the armrests on my bench have five points of adjustment, and that effectively allows you to set the, the armrest so that when you lift your arms up into the air, the most natural position that your arms would be in, you can dial the armrests into that exact position. So you'd raise the, the area of the armrests that would come into contact with your wrists up to exactly where your wrists would land. You then drop the rests so that your elbows are exactly where they would be most ideally comfortable. And then you can also adjust the, the tilt on the, the rests so that it comes in contact with the, the underside of your forearm there in the most comfortable way possible. So I, everything just dials in for comfort and ergonomics. Yeah, I guess the key thing there is to try and make sure that you are in a spot that or in a position that's comfortable and is relieving pressure. You don't want to be in a in an odd position or trying to hold a position. You want the you want your body to be able to relax while you're working in that. Yeah. You don't want to be straining and you don't want to be cutting off circulation. Those are two of the, the key things that you want to be paying attention to. So just finding that sweet spot that works for you is is what's worth shooting for. And well, it sounds odd. It can actually be very useful to set up a mirror or even a, a camera when you're first setting things up to take a look at yourself and just see, is your back arched over? Uh, do you need to adjust your chair or your posture? That Are things actually ideally positioned? Because uh, while something might feel comfortable, you might actually be reinforcing some bad habits. So even just taking a, a photo of yourself with a, a timed camera sitting at your bench just to make sure that that you are ergonomically sound in the way that you're you're sitting that will pay dividends in the long term now the other thing that daniel's put some attention on in, in terms of the the bench is uh, the length of the bench we've been talking quite a bit about the the height of the the work service uh, but he also mm -hmm. goes on to say that while well, it's a matter of, of preference it is also important to pay attention to how wide your bench is and to keep in mind that when working on a, a particular component of, of the watch you may have as many as 30 small hand tools out on the table at one time to, to work on that one specific task and if you have too small of a working surface your surface is very 
quickly going to become cluttered and be a nuisance to, to work at, uh, which will certainly do uh, your flow states no favors. And the other point he makes that I think is, is worth drawing some attention to is that regularly used small tools can be conveniently kept on a, a rack in, in this case. He says at the back of a bench, uh, I myself for players and, and things like that that would go on a rack. I actually have just a, a modern looking towel rack that is affixed to the wall beside me and I can just drop players and whatnot in there and measuring tools, calipers, things like that very easily. And then there's also space for a, a number of frequently used punches and then whatnot. And then all other tools are just kept in drawers in the bench or, or in cupboards elsewhere in the shop. One of the things I'll try and do is put a couple of photos of jewelers' workbenches into the show notes because jewelers will often work with a tray, a catch tray underneath them. And they're working in a slightly different environment because they're, they're working on a bench pin and they're intending for things to fall down into the catch tray, specifically the swarf coming off of your jeweler saw or your files or whatever, uh, because you're trying to catch that precious metal. Uh, but one of the advantages of the way they've set up is that there is an sort of this cavern underneath the bench that's where your hands would normally rest. Like if you put your hands down, but your arms down by your side, bend your elbows at 90 degrees, where your hands naturally sit, there's a whole area underneath your workbench that you can set up for uh, storing tooling. And so a lot of times the most used tools from a jeweler Things like their pliers, their files, uh, their saws, that kind of thing are often kept under that uh, that space. So one of the things I'm going to do is sort of take a look at that in the way that I've, I've set up my jeweler's benches and the way that other people set up their jeweler's benches and see if I can use some of that idea for how I'm setting up my watchmaking benches. Uh, now, the hand positions that you're working in are a little bit different. With your arms up on the table, it's going to be easier to, to keep highly used tools on the, the surface, on the uh, the work surface that you're at. Uh, but sort of secondary tools, it might actually be useful to put them underneath so that they're, uh, they're still readily accessible, but they're uh, out of the way and not on your flat work surface. I do have an area like that in my bench that I keep the, see the air blower in and you know, microfiber cloth. And some other tools like that that are, are frequently used, but not worthy of being kept on the bench top, but also would be a nuisance to have in a, a drawer. Because often you just very want to quickly blow something off. Uh, so just being able to reach in quickly beneath the, the work surface and be able to pull that out and quickly puff something off without having to fiddle around in a drawer or whatnot is, is, is useful. Thanks for listening to Off Hours. You can find detailed show notes at offhours.show. If you'd like to keep up to date with the show, follow us on Twitter at Off Hours. John can be found on Twitter at Under the Loop, and Chris can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Silver underscore Hand. <laughs>